Hello and welcome to Inside the Mind of a podcast where I dive deeper into the minds of some of my favorite people and people who inspire me in the wrestling community. Joining me today, he is the co-founder, co-host, and editor of World Elite Podcast. I'm, of course, talking about Marcus. How you doing? What is going on? And it's great to finally be a part of Sheleet. And you now have had two of the three of World Elite. You've had Dylan... Uh, a couple months back was it still during 2022 or right at the beginning of the new year um oh god i think he might have i think he was yeah i think he was the end of 2022 i think i i don't know i remember it was it was close around the holidays when he told me about it and i tuned in i was able i wouldn't be able to tune in live i actually tuned in like the day or two days after with work scheduling but i was like i do want to watch it because you've been on our show before you've Mm -hmm. talked to royal rumble with myself and jordan and you're coming back on in a couple of weeks on star wars day we're doing our backlash prediction show and i was like you know what we haven't brought her yet on a prediction show out of the group chat so it's like it's her turn i just just randomly pulled her name up i'm like okay she's next on the list (laughs) she listens to us we love her show let's get her on well, I appreciate it. I always appreciate being invited on show. Sometimes I kind of just weasel my way in here and there on show, but I appreciate being asked so I don't have to weasel in anymore. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, World Elite Pod and uh, how did you personally get your start in podcasting? Mostly like everybody in the group chat, you could say. I know there's a few that's been doing it longer. You could say the pandemic. I mean, you know when the <laughs> i'm like i'm freezing up saying this whenever the world just like shut down and i was just completely bored with streaming and playing video games and whatnot it was an idea we've wanted to do even before the pandemic happened we just never kicked the door down and gave it a shot well during the pandemic we talked about it and dylan was already doing a saints podcast uh, he used to do called downtown saints and then that gave him the idea he was like let's go ahead and just get it going and when we decided this i went ahead and bought everything i needed and it took probably a month to prepare and then november of 2020 we got the ball rolling and here we are today two and a half years later we're already over 200 audio episodes down we come up with more ideas for the show we now have guesses whether if it's wrestlers either in the big leagues or the independent leagues other podcasters where we do crossovers we do topics we do nostalgias we now do live streams and we've come a long way you know we started with skype we've done zoom and now since 2021 we've been on Streamyard, and of course we got a youtube channel facebook page instagram page we got we're all on the positive side we got we got the ball rolling and it just keeps getting bigger yeah you guys have especially over this past year that i've like known you guys you guys have really grown over the past years, like guests, live streams, all of that stuff. So, like, it's very cool to see, especially your friends, kind of growing in a positive aspect. <clears throat> and so, you said over two hundred audio episodes plus everything else you guys do. Do you have any favorite episodes off the top of your head that you have done for World Elite? Who? Let's see. Um, if if it topic wise, I mean, 
I think we've just recently do I mean if I can go from year by year like if I had a favorite topic I've, I've always said for a while when we reached our 200th episode I said when we did like worst factions which we recorded that I think towards the end of 2021 we did that one that was a favorite of mine probably the I haven't mentioned it on the 200th episode but the favorite episode I've ever edited and posted on audio was our raw 30 anniversary where we did our we each did top 10 favorite raw moments but there was three of us so that makes 30 it's instead of us doing a top 30 let's split it into three and we'll do our top 10 and we covered it by a era i did the attitude era dylan did the ruthless aggression era and jordan did today's era okay and i did all the editing and a lot a lot of clips from great and hilarious and awesome and unforgettable moments it took quite a while to edit so that that was one I always cherish, and a lot of laughs thrown in too. So I will say the uh, one I recorded and edited myself, the Raw 30 anniversary, was my top favorite that I did myself. Okay, yeah, I mean that's I can't even imagine how hard it'd be to edit all of that, especially 30 different things from three different time periods. I, I much credit to you. I don't edit anything for the show. <laughs> It took a while to plan. Like I, I came up with the idea, like at the very beginning of 2022, I was like, wow, I know the following year Raw turn is going to have a 30 year anniversary. And I guessed in my head, I said, Raw's going to probably do a major groundbreaking episode. I said, that'd be cool if they did an old school Saturday night. And that just gave me the idea. I was like, I might have to do something special. And then when the months go by, I kept thinking of ideas and I said, what if we split the eras instead of just shuffling all into one? And I know Jordan didn't grow up in the – Jordan wasn't alive for the Attitude Era. Dylan barely watched the Attitude Era. He started tuning in towards the end of it, and I only caught, like, the second half of it because when I was young, I wasn't allowed to watch the WWF when Mom saw Stone Cold potty mouth flipping people off or seeing <laughs> Sable or Jacqueline Cat fighting. She didn't want me to watch it until she got one good look at The Rock, and then she's like, okay, you can watch it as long as he's on TV. <laughs> I don't blame her. <laughs> She's not even a wrestling fan, but she sees it's on every day because for since 25, 26 plus years, I was watching it with my dad. So we still watch it today. That's awesome. Even if I go over, we watch it together sometimes. That's awesome. So with the, all of the episodes you guys have done and all of the countless live streams that you guys have been a part of, uh, any unexpected moments that have happened while you're filming, streaming, what have you, that kind of either, like, you know, caught you off guard, made you crack up, technical issues, anything like that? I'd definitely say cracking up, making us laugh is any time with Jordan, because Jordan's not a big talker. But you never know when Jordan's going to come out of his shell and just be himself and just entertain you, and then me and Dylan are just cracking up, because... Like, oh, we didn't see that coming. Like, probably Dylan's favorite was when we were predicting, I think it was full gear. That was when the Acclaim were still the tag team champions. And we were predicting their tag title match. And instead of saying the Acclaim, he just said, scissor me, daddy ass. And he did the scissoring and it just happened. And one of the funniest moments ever. That's always, especially if somebody like doesn't talk as much but then they could just kind of just you know throw out zingers here and there that's that's when you know you got something good 
if two of you can like hold it down and then Jordan just comes in with a zinger here and there, then I think you guys are set. I could tell how many times we've had technical issues, especially on my end, whether the Wi-Fi is acting up. Anything on Dylan's side, it's mainly a mic issue. You know, sometimes I've had mic issues and my mic don't want to work, but there's always going to be some sort of technical issue, whether if it's a mic not wanting to work right or my Wi-Fi is slow and I'm like a second behind people. Because if you've seen it on our live streams on YouTube, Dylan's camera is like picture perfect clear. Mine just wants to go with Wi-Fi speed. So like you might look at me clear now. If this is the live stream, they'll see me clear now because my Wi-Fi wants to cooperate. But on our last live stream, it looked like uh, you were watching me on a 90s television. <laughs> Courtesy of my AT&T shitty Wi-Fi. I feel like a lot of people recently have been, like, having, it, like, a lot of podcasters have been, like, having Wi-Fi issues. My co-host, she just got, like, a new router at her house, I guess, and she has, like, completely dipped out during a podcast, like, the two weeks in a row. And so, I don't know what's going on with everybody now. On my end, I'm going to say it's AT&T. Everything I have is AT&T. Phone, Wi-Fi, internet, everything is AT&T, and... They haven't been on the on the right track lately in the last couple of months. I, I don't know. Like, I really, it's beautiful, clear skies out here, and I have one bar. <laughs> and I live out in the open. I don't live in the country or in the woods. I live out in a, where I look outside, I can see roads and houses in the sky, no trees blocking nothing. And it's saying my uh, signal is so low. And I'm like, what the deuce? <laughs> Yeah, AT&T's better, better stuff with their game here. People got things to do. People got podcasts to make. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Which I'll give it tw I'll give it one more day before it, it needs to cooperate and get off its tail. Because we got a big show tomorrow. We're recording that we're going to release on Thursday. We're so excited about. I don't want nothing to ruin that. No Wi-Fi issue, no mic issue. Because we got, if you saw on our saw on Twitter, we got Mike Kyoto coming on our show tomorrow. I did see that. I'm I didn't see the day, so but I remember you guys posting about it. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, we're doing it on Monday. We're going to re record it Monday night. It's going to be released as an audio, but instead of doing a weekly live stream, because we have the NFL draft this week, we're going to just load it on our channel. It's just for people to watch. It won't be live. We're going to re release it like earlier than usual i think it's supposed to be released around noon or one o'clock our time so it's gonna drop really early thursday for people to watch anytime on demand awesome i that's gonna be a great conversation you guys are gonna kill it i can't wait to watch it me too i can't i can't wait to talk to him and i got i still gotta get my questions ready dylan's been prepared for it since he had it booked i was like damn i wish i was prepared like <laughs> you did Dylan's very prepared. I, I realized that when I talked to him, he's a very prepared guy. He's he's on top of the ball. Couldn't be me. Me occasionally. Couldn't be me all the time though. I'm always a last minute guy. <laughs> like anytime you tell me to do something, I'll like I'll finish it five minutes before it's due. Yeah, I mean that's that was me in college, so I I understand completely. <laughs> So, when you're not doing all of these podcasts and live streams, what other hobbies do you like doing? You said gaming before. Anything besides gaming or what games you're playing? Uh, if I'm not playing Xbox or Switch, 
I'm watching a lot of television. If I'm not watching any of my shows on my DVR, I'll go on Netflix and watch documentaries, watch movies I grew up watching that just pop up on Netflix, find new series to watch. Same thing with Peacock. Like, I try not to use it for just WWE Network. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we've watched, we're still catching up on Yellowstone on Peacock, so I'm using it for something else outside of wrestling. Uh, Disney Plus, too, which it, it, I'm not ashamed to go back and watch any Disney cartoons from my days, but I do like to watch anything Star Wars related. Like, I just finished The Mandalorian. I'm waiting for Ahsoka to appear in August. And they just dropped the Spider-Man films on Disney Plus over the weekend, so I've definitely got to go back and watch those. That's or, right. And one of my buddies did that Friday when we went over his house. He just finished the first one, and he had it on DVD. He's like, I just want to watch it on Disney Plus. Disney Plus really has to, like, they really know what they're doing over there. Mm-hmm. And they just, now they're just randomly putting anything. Like, I still think it's funny like with with them having star wars on there there is violence but it's not like bloody mm-hmm. type of violence that involves guns or anything it's just science fiction but i was like oh disney's supposed to be for kids but it's kind of funny they do have maybe a five percent of their movies are pg-13 and i still think it's it's crazy because you know i feel like when i hear disney i think it's all about the kids because mm-hmm. that's how that's all i grew up on as a kid was disney and I didn't think they would make PG-13 movies. I, I'd be shocked if they ever make a rated R movie in the future. Well, I mean, Deadpool 3 is supposed to be rated R, and it's technically under the Disney umbrella. Oh, because of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that, that's going to be... <laughs> if I could be a fly on the wall for that for that meeting. I, I would have give anything just to hear Ryan Reynolds be like, listen, I, I want to make this. You want to have control of this, but it needs to be the way the other two have been made. Which is fair. Like, it has to be. It can't just be a randomly different third movie. And I'll give that to Disney+. Plus. If it weren't for Disney+, Plus, I wouldn't have caught up on every single Marvel movie I needed to watch before I went watch uh, Infinity War. Yeah, um, when I got... And Endgame. When I got COVID uh, two years ago... I kind of like sat down. I was like, well, since I can't go anywhere and do anything, I finally watched all of the Marvel movies in like chronological order to, uh, I don't even know. I can't even remember the last one I watched. It was Internals or something. Whatever like the latest one was at the time. I I like fully caught up. It was fantastic. I think once COVID happened, it was like, I watched basically every Marvel movie I needed to watch except like three because, like, I just wasn't interested in seeing it or I didn't want to go see it in theaters or whatnot. And they were like, well, you know, in layman's terms, they're like, oh, if you want to go watch Endgame, you have to watch these movies. Like, it was a demand, which it was only, like, three movies. It was Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and I can't remember. What, it was probably Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 or the first. Or it was one of the Thor movies. I think it was Thor. Uh, Rang- might have been Thor. One of the Thor movies. Maybe. I don't remember. It might not have been Rangrock. Well, did Rangrock happen after Endgame or was it before? Um, I think it was before. I think, I think before. Rangarok. I think it was Rangarok. The one that Hulk was in. I didn't watch it. But it's a good I finally one. watched them. It was good. I was actually impressed. But 
then they were like, my my brother-in-law and my sister wanted to see the Avenger movies, but then they were like, oh, we're gonna have to start from the very beginning. And they were like, asking me like, what do we need to watch it in order at? I said, I don't know, get on Google and find out. Well, during the pandemic, they literally watched it in chronological order and they tried to get me to do it. And I said, nope, I'm not watching all these movies all over again. It took me this long. So I was doing podcasting in the other room while they were all rewatching in chronological order before we all went salt together. Damn. It's like now I don't care anymore. Ever since Tony Stark died, I, I don't really care for the, some of today's Marvel movies, but I will, I will watch the Spider-Man ones or if anything gets me excited, like, I have to go. I have to take my old lady to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three now because she loves that. So <laughs> I'll go see. But I didn't watch Morbius. I didn't. Even, I didn't watch the new Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, whatever else they dropped in the last year and a half. I didn't watch any of those. Just Spider Man No Way Home, and soon to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah. The. I think one else. Oh, like Ant Man would have dropped. Ant Man dropped earlier this year. I watched the first one. The first one was cool. I, I didn't even watch the second one. And I don't even, I don't even can't remember how many movies they have now. I think Ant-Man and the Lost was the last one I watched. Okay. Yeah, there's only one more after that Ant-Man was, which is the one that just came out, Quantumania. I heard it was really good. Oh, and I did watch <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. I definitely was going to watch that. Because Jane came back. I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely watching this. And they had Christian Bell. As gore, I was like, "Fucking right, sign me up for this." I love Christian. I love Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, but Michael Keaton is still the best Batman of all time. Hey, I'm not. I'm not here to argue Batman's. Christian Bale will always be my Batman because I love the Christopher Nolan franchise. That's fair. Yeah, that, that it's a good franchise. I'm shocked. I didn't even watch the last one more than one time. I only watched it the night it came out, and I've never went back and rewatched it. I I just watched The Dark Knight at work like two days ago because <laughs> it's on netflix so it's just like well here we go yeah i can't wait for the flash that's gonna be very good and michael keaton's back so yeah sign me up as i say yeah michael keaton's there i i personally don't think ezra miller should still be the flash but that's that's just me that's that's a whole nother conversation for another time but one of my favorite questions I love asking people is if you could have a dinner with any three wrestlers, dead or alive, who are you picking and why? Oh, man. That's a good one because there's like so many mm -hmm. to choose from. But I would probably just would have to go from if I can only pick three, I'm going to pick one of each from each different era. If I'm going to do... If I had to pick anybody from the Attitude Era, I'll say The Rock. The Ruthless Aggression Era is a struggle between John Cena or Eddie Guerrero. But it's got to be Thugonomics John Cena. Not not Make-A-Wish John Cena. Today's uh, Never Give Up. Super Cena. Yeah. Super Cena, basically. <laughs> and then from today's era, I mean... With, with table and with ta but sitting at a table, I mean, you got to have the head of the table at the table. So I'd say Roman Reigns is the third. It's a, sol it's a solid grouping. I will tell you The Rock, Eddie, I think are my 
top two that everybody usually picks. Out of all of these I've done, I think they're the ones that have the most votes, people guess. Um, yeah, Eddie and Rock, Cena's definitely up there. I think I might have only had, like, one other Roman. So I'm always intrigued to see why people choose who they choose. I'd have to go back and listen to Dylan's. I bet he said Shawn Michaels on his. Um, say I can figure it out and tell you now, or you can go back and watch it. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll <laughs> go back and re-listen anyway. Say I don't like I like when I was going through. I went through like every episode and tallied who people said just out of sheer curiosity for myself. But I couldn't tell you. I don't even remember. Who, I I've been asked the question three different times. I think my answer changes every time. So. <laughs> all right if you could uh, uh give any advice to anyone watching or listening whether it's podcasting personal life any questions or any advice uh what would you give them uh, if they want to do wrestling podcasts but don't have the courage to get on a mic and share their feelings and all that like I just like any usual thing with what involves public speaking, like just be yourself, you know, don't worry about the crowd or don't worry about who's tuning in. Just, just look inside of you and just, just let it all out. I guess I've known a lot of people that like wanted to do this or scared to get up on stage. Like they have stage fright. Mm -hmm. See, I, I was never really that type to have stage fright, but I didn't like being around a lot of people. Because I, I, I'm just not comfortable being around way too many people at times, especially if I got everyone's got all eyes on me. But I, I just like go in my own zone. And before I say what I got to say, like, just be like, be yourself, let it all out. Don't think about everyone in front of you. Just, you know, be yourself, let it out. Yeah, no, that's. I, typically that is the advice everybody gives is just be yourself because that's all we really can do i mean some of us turn it up a little bit for the camera but we're all still who we say we are we're not putting on fake personas just for a podcast that's dead that, we're not wwe superstars we're not wrestlers we don't have to crank it up that much and com be completely different people we're all, we're all who we usually are yeah we're all normal people like everybody just sharing our love for this through a mic. Through a mic, through a screen, through a little bit of an audience. That's all we need. Uh, so my other favorite question. So again, like I told you, I ask everyone the same questions. But the dinner one and this one are probably like my favorite two that I get to ask. If you could write an autobiography, whether it's of your entire life, currently a certain part of your life anything like that what would be the title and why but it's about me yes it's yeah. about oh man thinking of a title would be hard right there if you were talking about a superstar like if i could write about roman reigns i would probably use one of his lines to say like acknowledge this would be the name of the book <laughs> But who? Probably like ready to go, but go spelt French G E A U X because we've had that as our one of our mottos or our taglines for the show is ready to go. You hear me say it at the intro after I say we're the pot of our weekly unfiltered wrestling and entertainment. 
Because, you know, everything's got to have a slogan. Like, you know, some podcasters have them, some don't. I thought maybe we should have one. And that just came on my mind. Like, we're from Louisiana. Anytime we say go, we, we use it the French way. We spell it G-E-A-U-X instead of G-O. So I'd probably call it ready to go. That's, I love that. And it's unique. It's different. Like you said, it's the slogan you guys use on the show. And it is cool that you don't, like, you do the the French spelling of it. Like you said, you guys are Louisiana very heavily, you know, like the French Quarter and everything. I don't I don't know much about Louisiana. I'm going to New Orleans for the first time this year in August. Good luck. So, yeah. Uh, it's, and it's for a friend's bachelorette party, so it's going to be a mess. But So you're going to Bourbon Street, right? Uh, more than likely, yeah. Um, I'm not planning it. I'm just going. I'm not the maid of honor or anything. I'm just, I'm just going with everybody. All I can say is if I give you any advice, just like keep everything in your front pocket because there's there's crazy people in this world and they definitely have a lot. You might see a few homeless people. You might you might see a drug deal going on in the middle of the street, but there's always going to be somebody that's going to try and pickpocket. So I always tell guys, if you got a wallet in your back pocket, put it in your front. But they have a little bit of everything for everybody out there. They got honky tonks. They got discos. They got raves. If you like strip clubs, they got strip. They got strip clubs for straights. If you go walk further towards the end of the road, they got that's like they got gay bars and gay strip clubs, drag shows. If for anyone who's into that, they they got a little bit of everything for everybody on Bourbon Street. Oh, good to know. I will definitely have to let uh, my friend know and her maid of honor, who's kind of planning everything. Where we all are kind of just like throwing out ideas of what to do there's like an app you can go on and like for like creating bachelorette parties and stuff so we've all been using that and she's very much into like the like the witch aspect of everything so we plan on doing some spookier things down there which is right up my alley too so oh they got they got a lot of voodoo stores stuff like that fortune tellers like they that's probably like on another section of the French Quarter. I, I couldn't tell you like what street or anything. You won't find that on Bourbon Street. <laughs> it might reek over there too. Like it, it might smell like you're walking through a landfill when you first walk on the street. But once when you see the busiest parts where everyone's walking and all the bars and the lights, then it, it, it doesn't smell like the sewer anymore. You know, I'm I'm glad I'm talking to you now and figuring this out. I'm getting a little bit of advice before I go in a few months, so thank you. <laughs> or if you want to be more clat, fancy and classier, I mean, they got bars and little places uptown and everything. Like they got pubs, they got germ, they got German bars, they got little Irish pubs. It's like its own little international city. Like they got a little bit of this and that for everybody. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm literally doing that the week of SummerSlam, leaving there, going to SummerSlam, and then going to the beach for a week. So, gonna, Oh, wow. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So you're going from New Orleans to Detroit, or are you going from Detroit to New Orleans? Uh, New, New Orleans to Detroit, and then Detroit to Savannah, because I go to uh, South Carolina, but the closest airport is Savannah, so it's just like an hour drive. Oh, so you're going to Myrtle Beach. Uh, Hilton Head, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's, Hell yeah. Everything just happens at the same time. I don't. I don't know how this keeps happening to me, but I, SummerSlam tickets bought. Everything for New Orleans is handled. 
I just have to pay my part for Hilton Head, and then I'm good. I'm set. Oh, yeah. And let us know how you enjoy. It's Creole food down there. It's not Cajun food like on our side of the state. But, I mean, they got a little bit of kick taste and all that. Like, once you're back from your trip in New Orleans, you definitely got to hit me and Dylan up. We got to hear everything and your experience and all that. And if you ever got the chance to go back in the future, you need to go to Voodoo Fest in October. Or you need to go to, like, uh, they got jazz. I don't know when they do Jazz Fest. I thought that was in the springtime. But um, they also have these, like, runs. Like, I, I think it's during Pride Month. They have what's called the, like, when I mean everybody, even straight people get involved. Like, they have this, like, race where everyone runs down the French Quarter in a red dress. Men, women, gay, straight, all participate. And it's just a drunk, it's just an alcoholic event. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And it look. And my brother do, used to do it all the time, and he said it's like one of the best, funniest things to do. And during Christmas, I did this with him when he was living there. We did a thing called uh, the 12 Crawls of Christmas, which means for 12 hours, you hit up 12 different bars in 12 hours. You go to this bar for one hour, drink your ass off, and when they play Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, you have to run out of the bar like you're evacuated and hop to the next bar that could be across the street down the street or you got to get in an uber they tell you what you have to go to, to the bar they tell you to go to you can't just go to a random bar you do that for 12 i didn't even make it the whole 12 hours after the ninth hour i was done i, I couldn't go anymore i was started crawling like I, I thought i was roofied again in mexico like after nine hours of straight drinking i couldn't do it anymore and you do that while you're wearing ugly christmas sweaters of course i mean tis the season it's the only way to do it that sounds yeah. that sounds incredible. I definitely will have to check out that Voodoo Fest thing uh, in October. I can, I can yeah. get a few friends together. I've done Salem two years in the past three, so I can go somewhere else. Voodoo Fest, they try to compare it to like Lollapalooza and Coachella and all that other good stuff. Okay. Like Voodoo Fest can, is like an international attraction. Okay, okay. That is very good to know. I... I wrote it down. I circled it. I will be informing people of this. I gotta start planning stuff now. October's gonna come quicker than we understand. <laughs> so, this is gonna come out tomorrow. Uh, so, you said uh, the Mike Kyoto stuff for Thursday. But what other future plans for... The, you can tell me, like, the next, like, month or two that you and the war relief pod have going on that you want to tell me you don't have to tell me anything well we got mike kyoto coming up next which that's our only episode this week because of the nfl draft and then when the first week of may comes i know you're coming on we're gonna do our to talk backlash we'll do our prediction show for backlash in puerto rico we have another interview coming. Dylan found him. Uh, it's an indie wrestler that was trained by the Briscoes. I can't remember his name. Okay. He was trained by Mark and Jay Briscoe before he passed away. So we're bringing him on. We're going to talk about Jay and you know how, how this tragedy affected him and whatnot. We still got some more nostalgia episodes coming that we've picked. Like uh, Since Backlash is in Puerto Rico, uh, we're going to talk New Year's Revolution 2005. We're doing Vengeance 05. I'm being joined by our honorary World Elite member, Justin, from the End Time Wrestling Podcast, the guy you could count on, the podcast horror we used to say. Is anytime you need somebody to talk, he is like, he gets off the bench. 
he's like that that substitute player. Uh, Great American Bash 2004. Dylan wants to talk about that one. And you're the only one that's going to hear this one. The only other topic we got planned, we were supposed to do it a couple weeks ago, but Jordan got real sick and we postponed it. We're known for doing topics like top 10 countdowns and stuff. We got top 10 triple threat matches of all time. I picked that one. That one was a very fun one to prepare, but we haven't recorded it yet. But that's going to be an interesting one for people to hear uh, of all time. Top 10 favorite triple threat matches, whether if it was male, females, non-title, title matches, or WWE matches, WCW, TNA, AEW. It's going to be a fun one when that one we decide to record it. That I can't even off the top of my head, I can't even narrow down a list of 10 because there's been so many fantastic triple threat matches. That's I am very excited to hear that whenever you guys do that because that that's a tall that's a tall task to achieve. That one's good. I know it's going to be so successful because when that's over, somewhere down the road, we'll probably do top 10 fatal four-way matches of all time. Okay, just just up it each time. Be like, all right, top 10 five-person matches, top 10 six-pack challenges. Just do them all. Well, I thought of that one for a while because, you know, we've done, like, you know, top 10, like, Hell in a Cells or top 10 still. I don't even know if we did a top 10 still cage matches of all time. I think we did. You know, any, like, top 10 TLCs, we – I don't think we did Money in the Bank, but we have talked it on a Money in the Bank prediction show before, like, favorite or worst. You know, when I think of gimmick matches, I might think, like, we might can do this as a top ten because we're literally running out of topic ideas. I mean, we've covered almost everything, and I've used that – I used WWE Countdown from the network as, like, to steal – to get topic ideas. We've done greatest heel turns. We've done greatest factions, greatest managers, greatest tag teams – Greatest Intercontinental Champions, Greatest champ, Big Gold Belt Champs, WWE Champs. That was our 200th episode, by the way. Uh, top 10 King of the Ring winners. I, we're running out of ideas. and But then I think of more when you can't think of none. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's definitely the case. And it is hard, like, when you do go through, like, all of the gimmick matches, all of the, like, specialty like pay-per-views it is it is a little more difficult when you start running out of the ideas that you can usually just go to on a whim but i think you guys like i said like these the triple threat and just honestly going up a person each time that you definitely guys could get that done easily like a couple two years ago when valentine's came up he wanted to record and I couldn't think of a topic, and since Valentine's Day was coming up, I was like, okay, I got something. I think it was top five. Top five wrestling couples. There you go. Valentine's coming up. Another year, we were going to do St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but we never done it. Maybe we something we can do next year, like go back and watch St. Valentine's Day Massacre and use that as like a Valentine's Day special. Okay. I, I just thought of top ten moment. Uh, we're doing an episode for Madison Square Garden. We'll do like top Top five shows in MSG, top five world title wins in MSG, top five moments of MSG, top five title matches in MSG. Like, we're going to narrow it all into one episode. That was another idea I had. 
and I even did one for Texas too. I'm going to do like maybe top 10 wrestlers from Texas or Louisiana. That's some other ideas. I like, if we can find a list, like we might do a drawing. We'll say like, we're going to do, if it works, we'll do like episodes about state. We'll do like all oh, top 10 wrestlers from Florida. If it's a success, like we might go by States next. Like I, I was just thinking of these ideas. Dylan's probably hearing all this for the first time. I didn't tell him any of this. I'm telling you this. <laughs> I was just randomly thought about this within the last month because we were running out of ideas and then I just started thinking of random ideas. You know, that's that's what this show is for. This is for breaking news that people like to tell me. Uh, for some reason, people always tell me they're breaking news. So then when the episode gets dropped, I already have this information. It just becomes news to the people who watch and listen. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> except except we're we're ten times better than the dirt sheets and we speak the truth. Yeah, dirt sheets are uh they're something. I'll say that. They're something. I I just like my a bunch of just question marks pop in my head whenever I hear see a tweet from Dave Meltzer or Sean Ross Sapp, I'm like, oh shit. What's gonna happen next? What's gonna be trending worldwide next? Yeah, that's it's it's always something, and a lot of the times it ends up being nothing. So take it all with a grain of salt at this point. That's usually what I tell people. Half the times when Savannah and I do news and rumors, if I see anything from dirt sheets, I usually don't even say it, just because I it's hard to actually trust what's being told to us. <coughs> All right, Marcus, it is now your turn. You get to ask me anything you want to know, podcasting, personal life stuff, anything you want to know. I am an open book, and I will answer. Well, I actually have something I've been seeing on the internet. I forgot. This is what I had my blank on. If you listened to our last live stream, we did. I was talking to Dylan about something, and whenever Tim commented, I, like, got blank, and I was like, what the hell were we talking? What the hell was I supposed to be talking about next? And then I just moved on because I forgot. Well, I actually popped it up right here. I remembered. So I'm going to ask you first. Okay. So someone posted this list. There's a few names on this list. Uh, Alexa Bliss, Angelo Dawkins, Big E, Butch, Becky Lynch, Dana Brooke, Drew McIntyre, Kofi, Montez, Mustafa Ali, Randy Orton, Ricochet, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, and Xavier Woods. All these superstars' contracts are fixing to expire in 2024 from March to December. But when I saw this, you know, all the wrestling marks are commenting and saying, oh, my God, watch Tony Khan sign all these guys within 2025. And I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up, please. Just because their contracts are fixed expired doesn't mean they're going to be gone forever. Do you do you see 100% of this whole list re-signing with WWE, or do you see at least maybe one or two maybe jump into AEW? Because I had to bring that up, and I forgot to bring that up to Dylan. No, that's fine. Um, I want to say off the top of my head, like without like completely like dissecting everything, the majority will probably re-sign. Uh, I know like the biggest thing recently is like, oh, well, Drew McIntyre's blacked out his Twitter and all of his social media. And so, you know, people take that and they're like, oh my God, he's going to AEW, da 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 
I honestly just think they're all playing into a gimmick if they do that. Like, and Alexa Bliss has been off TV for a while, but she had a lot of things going on, like the skin cancer stuff and getting married and, like, health issues. So with that, I don't think that's a reason why she wouldn't come back. Like I said, off the top of my head, I feel like the majority of that list will, like, at least 90% of that list will resign. Especially the New Day. I mean, Biggie is probably going to come back soon. Kofi, relatively soon. I mean, he was hurt a few months ago, but he should be okay in a few months. And Xavier Woods literally just had an IC title match on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. So, especially the New Day, they're a thousand percent staying. Everyone else, more than likely. I mean, yeah, I, I think everyone resigns. Like, just because their contract's fixing me up doesn't mean they're going to leave and say, oh, screw this. I'm going to AEW. Like, I can't see Seth Rollins jumping shift. I can't see Becky jumping shift. They definitely, or Sami Zayn, they're going to 100% stay. Now, Randy Orton, I think Randy Orton's fixing to hang it up. I, I, it's almost been a year and he still ain't been back. I, I think it, he needs to hang it up. I think he needs to just announce his retirement soon and then maybe in a year or two he'll go into the hall of fame ricochet i'd like to see him stay but i wouldn't be surprised if he jumps to another company or even like dana brooke but like everybody else i see staying 100 mm-hmm. percent resigning maybe get another three four year deal but i definitely see everyone else staying yeah for sure so since you're coming on for backlash uh, in, a, in a week or two I'll say this. How, uh, how excited you are that they're going back to Puerto Rico after 18 years? Because the last time was New Year's Revolution 2005, and that was like a one-time thing. Like, they never been for, like, Raw or SmackDown just for a pay-per-view, and then in between the 18 years, they've done maybe a couple of house shows. But this is their first time on live television in 18 years. That's it's awesome, and the fact that you know Zelina Vega, who is Puerto Rican, gets to have a match on that pay per view is going to be awesome. I like that they're finally, you know, expanding again. I mean, we have pay per views in London, the UK, now Puerto Rico. I mean, we always have the Saudi shows, but I don't really count those because they consistently do them, but. You know, like, the past, like, two years, like, we've gotten more outside of the U.S., and I think it's a great thing that they're doing. They're expanding the brand more and showing that, yeah, there are fans in other parts of the world who are fantastic. I mean, the U.K. crowds are crazy. I mean, Clash of the Castle was one of their biggest pay-per-views at the time, so capitalizing on that i mean money in the bank will be in london this year they're capitalizing I on can't, it i seriously can't wait for that one they're gonna blow the roof off the o2 at that one they're kind of going down that ufc road you know ufc like they'll do one pay-per-view like in vegas or something or maybe they'll go to like new york and then like their next three shows they're like either in saudi arabia one one month then they're going to australia another month and then they're going to germany another month and then they're back in vegas after after a four or five months overseas yeah. but it's it's different like I, I don't mind it but speaking of that what was your reaction whenever they renamed the event king and queen of the ring tonight of champions has me intrigued 
Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe they'll do what they did last time and kind of just have the finals of the king and queen tournament there instead of, like, the whole tournament. So, I, I don't know. It has me intrigued, invested, curious as to what they'll do. But I kind of just still hope we get, like, a king and queen crowned at that pay-per-view. If, I don't think if, if they don't do it there, I think they're going to probably do it in the States. I don't know really know why they made them change their mind. But this is making me worried. You think KO and Sammy are going to drop the titles because Sammy can't compete in Saudi Arabia because he's Syrian descent. And KO's not going to go without Sammy. And then you got the Usos. I forgot the, the, the whole you got to get permission to leave the country scenario Dylan brought on our last show because that's why they couldn't be in Montreal for Elimination Chamber. So they fucked all this up putting United champions in Saudi Arabia when all four of your competitors, well, I should say three out of the four can't even leave the country or can't even go to that kingdom. It, it definitely raises a lot of questions as to what they plan on doing. I really sincerely hope that's not the case and just say, fuck it. Don't have the tag titles there. Just have a match to crown number one contenders and then the next pay-per-view, you can have the Sammy and KO or the Usos, if they end up winning somehow, versus the competitors who win the match in Saudi. Yeah. So that basically, that would be the only title that just won't be defended at a pay-per-view or premier live event where every title is supposed to be on the line. Because I, I hope they don't do that interim crap. They're better than that. They I won't. hate when AEW does that. Or if those those do win the titles, they will get that pass to go to Saudi, and then they just defend it against a team that could go to Saudi. Yeah. Like people think a lot of people are saying the Usos might win the titles back, and maybe like Braun and Ricochet will fight them, or maybe the Viking Raiders will fight them, or maybe the Street Profits. No telling. But uh, let's see the draft coming up. Okay, so how long? How many years have you been watching this? Uh, I've been watching since I was a kid. Uh, so. I'm 26. I turned 27 this year. So, you know, like 98 is really like where I start remembering more things. So like 1998. So 25 years. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. You're about a year behind me. See, I started in 97. <laughs> so I brought this up to Dylan and I thought it was, it was a good question. When it comes to the WWE draft, how do you, how would you prefer the draft? Would you prefer it like today where, every single superstar is eligible and you don't know where you're going or would you like it how they did it in the ruthless aggression era where all the raw guys put on red shirts all the smackdown guys put on blue shirts and they're in separate locker rooms and it's kind of like a trade draft like you only get drafted if smackdown calls your name and if you they don't call your name you remain on raw and the same goes for smackdown I mean, I feel like that's kind of what they ended up doing in the last draft, where if nobody got... They, I mean, they were, like, quote-unquote free agents. But it also doesn't help the fact that the brand split isn't real, and they only last about, like, maybe a year, if that, doing an actual brand split. So I'm not, like, super excited for another draft because they don't know how to do a brand split anymore. The only thing that excites me is the inclusion of NXT again. Because, I mean... I will always remember Finn Balor from NXT being, like, in the top five draft picks of all time, like, in that year. He was in the top five draft picks. So, 
I like the inclusion of NXT being involved and even if they do it how they did it that time where you have a camera on the locker room kind of all sitting there and seeing their reactions to hearing their name being called like they did with Carmella and Alexa like that that's cool to me I like that 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 intrigues me but I kind of want it to be like where you have to you know you it's like when they call like the when they used to do like the rumble thing you put you have a bunch of numbers in the the lottery thing the tumbler. yeah the tumbler yeah I think I that like would that. be hysterical <laughs> That that's how they. I remember that's how they did it. Like the very first year in two thousand two, like every superstar was eligible yeah. to go on either brand, and there were two tumblers. And Vin, that's when Flair was running Raw, Vince was running SmackDown, and they would pull a name. And you pulled your name, you were going to that brand. And they did the same thing when they did the whole like ruthless aggression style, where in the SmackDown tumbler they had the, all the Raw names, and in the Raw tumbler they had all the SmackDown names. <laughs> Like, Raw had the blue balls, and SmackDown had the red balls. Saying, oh, I'm taking this Raw guy and whatnot. See, I would like if they did it like that again. Yeah, don't do it like the NFL draft. I thought it was stupid the way they did it whenever they got the deal with Fox. Like, they were acting like the NFL draft, like Stephanie was going up there like Roger Goodell. Good thing they weren't doing that iconic... like the pick is in sound effect and then she's like with the very first pick in the 2023 wwe draft monday night raw selects they do like the nfl and then they show like a fake like green room like the the meeting table and all fox and usa are jumping in celebration like they just made the hottest pick and they're all hugging each other and smacking each other's ass like good job we did it like stop that you are not the nfl yeah i don't i don't want that again (laughs) I, I I don't know. I like when, you know, you get to see the, the genuine reactions of, like, the superstars. You know, when Undertaker gets drafted and he throws a chair. Yeah. Like, that... I love when they get mad. That. Yes. I love when they get pissed more than they're excited. Yeah. I, I, when Undertaker did that, that was one of the funniest moments. But probably funnier than when Triple H was drafted to SmackDown in 04. And then the following week, he gets back put on Raw. Because he didn't want to work Tuesday nights. Hey. We, I, don't, I also don't want to work Tuesdays. I understand. I don't want to work any day, period. Well, that That's that's the truth. Same. <laughs> I'll give it I'll give it two to th- two weeks to a month before they start the whole wild card rule again or a superstar shakeup and then everyone's on both shows again. Yeah. Like so that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not super looking forward to it because they don't know how to do a draft anymore. So we'll see. Uh, let's see what else uh where's your streak at now with smacking it raw uh so i have taken a few weeks off here and there uh vince i mean vince did win the crown of porno poppy i did i did lose i think by like I, i was also forced to take a month off um a certain person will tell you i was not put on a bench but i was put on the bench for a month uh, that's that's my uh, you know that's my reasoning that I lost, but <laughs> I you know I'm usually on every week unless I have like something else going on. Like I was on, I, it's usually like I miss a show once a month, basically. But I'm always either doing that or we do like getting off Matt's horror thing, which we're doing I think tonight. It'll be out by the time this comes out. So. 
I'm always doing something with them over there. Sometimes I help on Croatia conversations if I don't have to work. So I, they're like a second family over there. I'm the unofficial, official co-host. Yeah, I hear that. Like anytime I'm watching those episodes on Sundays, yeah, that's like how you always get introduced. And it's it's like kind of been like a title to you, like a nickname. And that's I have a lot of nicknames, so being an unofficial official co-host is just another one on on the list there. Do you have more nicknames than Chris Jericho? I think I might. Honestly. I'll, like I'll have to compare month, him. He used to have like a new nickname every week. Like when he was the wizard, then he was Lionheart, then he was the Ocho, the the sex god. Le Champion, like, yeah. Le Champion, the Ayatollah, Rock and Rolla, the the Painmaker, well, the best in the world, all, all that. I might have to like uh, compare this. I I might do I might do some research later and see how many nicknames he's had versus how many I've had. When it comes to WWE toys, would you rather Funko Pops or the action figures? I love Funko Pops. <laughs> I tried to hop on that wagon one time. I bought like 12 different ones. I even ordered some online. And then, I don't know, I just got tired of looking at them in the box and not using them for anything. So I just sold them to other Funko Pop collectors. Like, I, I, I just can't do it. I, I collect a few things, but I, I tried to collect Funko Pops. Wrestler ones were way hard to get. I've gotten other ones from movies or TV shows I loved or teams, but I don't know. It was just collecting dust, and I was like, this isn't me. I'm sorry. So I just sold them to other Funko Pop collectors. I did the right thing. I sold them to other ones instead of just throwing them out. Yeah, and, like, I – so I do it for not just, like, wrestling or anything because I have a few that aren't, like, WWE, but – you know, like, shows I used to watch as a kid. Like, I got a Jareth from the Labyrinth Funko Pop for Christmas one year because it's one of my favorite movies. And I have a Freddie Mercury one because I love Queen. So just random ones like that, and I kind of just have a nice little collection for myself of Funko Pops, which some people do take them out of the box. I do not. I, I, I feel like they have to stay in their box. But that's just me being weird about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how everyone usually is. Like a lot of people I know that have them, they're that's just for the box. Like they they never they never even the tape's still on it, never been opened. Mm-hmm. I know some people that opened it to like look at it, but then they put it back. Me, I'd be the type to like never open it just just to look at it and keep far away from kids, especially if they because I've had friends that collected some and then their kids got a hold of them and opened them and played with them, especially ones that were signed by yeah. like wrestlers and uh then they planned a funeral for their kids <laughs> well I've, i have none that are signed unfortunately but i if my nieces ever wanted to play with them i would give them ones that like aren't as sentimental to me i guess yeah this is a two-parted one here uh do you remember your very first raw you ever attended and your very first wrestling pay-per-view you've ever attended first raw that one i don't i like went back and thought about it not that long ago because i still have uh, ticket stubs from a lot of them or i tried to keep as many as i could um i collect i collect ticket stubs too 
from wrestling events or football games, even movies. Like if they were like big ass movies, like I still have my Dark Knight ticket from two thousand eight. That's awesome. I do. I do it with like concert tickets too. Me too. Or plays or shows, anything like that. Yeah. First Raw. I I don't know what year it would have been. And I'm not even sure if this is the first one or if it even was a Raw or a house show. Uh, I distinctly remember... I remember Hulk Hogan was there and Shawn Michaels was there. I think this was during Ooh. Dare Feud. Oh, so this was in 05. That sounds about right. I want to I wanna say that. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look at... I'll have to Google it later and figure out when I actually went. And then, first pay-per-view, I want to say it was a Survivor Series in Cleveland. So that must have been 04. I think so. I, I remember it was Lita versus Trish, and... Lita Trish got, broke her nose. Yeah, Trish broke her nose and Lita got disqu- uh, DQ'd because she used the chair. Like, she didn't even use it on Trish at first. She, like, hit the steps and then got DQ'd. I remember that. Wow. That was 18 years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. That was that was a good Survivor Series, by the way. Uh, from, what, from what I remember being there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my first Raw was in 2000. Okay. My first Raw is War. But people, what people don't remember is, you know, that everyone always says that the first women's main event on Raw was Trish and Lita in December of 04, where Lita almost broke her neck when she, like, wishboned herself well, over the top rope. she did break her neck. The way, she, the way she landed that, and then she won the title in her hometown, and Charlotte was in the front row as a fan. Because mm-hmm. she, she always bring that up. No, I... I was at a Raw, it was the go-home Raw before SummerSlam 2000, and that was the night Lita won the women's title for the first time ever. She beat uh, Stephanie, but it was the main event of Raw, but no one credits that as the first women's main event on Raw. Hmm. It closed out the show. I was, uh, I was about I was 11 years old when I went to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why they don't credit that. I, I honestly have no idea. Now uh, I tell people this every time I bring it up, they gotta they gotta bring up the uh, other personal stuff. No, the first pay per view I finally got to go to. Like over the years, there has been maybe two or three pay per views I could have went to. I could have went to WrestleMania 17, didn't go. It could have been my first pay per view. I could have went to the Rumble in 2001, didn't go. I could have went to Bad Blood 2003, didn't go. I could have went to No Mercy 2005, didn't go. It took. It took 10 years to finally go to my first wrestling pay-per-view. I went to Vengeance Night of Champions in 2007, and that was the night Benoit was supposed to fight Punk, but then we found out Benoit murdered his family, and he was replaced by Johnny Nitro. And I'll still never get everyone's reaction, and they so edited it on Peacock and the DVDs, but after Punk came out, uh, um, Justin Roberts was the announcer for ECW at the time, and he was like, and his opponent... The man who will replace Chris Benoit, Johnny Nitro. We were like, what the fuck? Why? And then we found out the next day he's he died. And then two days later, we found out he murdered his fam, his wife and son, and he hung himself. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Horrible. So that was my first ever pay-per-view was uh, Vengeance, Night of Champions in 2007 in Houston. 
Nice. That was good. It was an unforgettable one. <laughs> uh, how many WrestleManias have you been to? Uh, so I've only been to one, and it was 23 in Detroit. But I am gonna go to Mania next year in Philly because I only have to I only have to drive. I don't have to fly. I just have to drive to the other side of the state. Oh, uh, so you are pretty close to Detroit. I rel I don't remember how long the drive was when we went. I was I was young. But yeah, it was we just drove. We didn't we didn't fly or anything. See, I went to four WrestleMania's. Uh, three, uh, two in Texas, and both WrestleManias in New Orleans. Nice. So I went to 25. That was my first WrestleMania. So I was there for Sean and Undertaker. Uh, 30 and 34 in New Orleans, and then I went to 38 in uh, Dallas last year. Okay, okay. You got some good ones. Uh, I probably have asked you the most questions out of everybody. <laughs> that's okay that's okay i'm trying to think of more i'm trying to think of more uh i take you're a gamer too right i i, I do game yeah uh xbox playstation switch uh I'm a, I'm a ps4 girl i don't i did have a 360 but you know after after years of that i was like nah i think i need something better so i got the ps4 okay you must have just recently got it, or are you about to upgrade to a PS5? I don't know if I'll upgrade to the PS5. I kind of, I'm kind of okay with the PS4. Nothing has really caught my attention PS5-wise, game-wise. So I'm, I'm okay with kind of just with my PS4 for right now. Okay. Um, what kind of games you play on it? Like, are you a Fortnite girl, or do you play first-person shooters, adventure, anything? Uh, I'm a little bit of everything. I during the pandemic, I finally like dipped the toes into the Fortnite to kind of figure out what all that was about. I just did The Last of Us a few months ago before the show came out. I had The Last of Us two. I haven't played it yet. Uh, the Resident Evil games, I played seven and Resi eight. I think I beat Resi 8 in like two days. I was very much addicted to the game. Uh, yeah, I kind of just play a little bit of everything. I like story-based games like uh, Until Dawn, so it's a butterfly effect game. I love shit like that. I know you're also very big into like horror films, especially like all the icons and whatnot. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I saw, you just recently saw Evil Dead Rise. How was that? Uh, it was really good, so I saw it yesterday. Uh, we're actually doing a podcast about it tonight, so when it comes out, nice. when this comes out tomorrow, that podcast should already be up. Uh, no, it was really good. I just, so I loved the 2013 Evil Dead, which I watched last year for the first time. I just recently, over the past two years, got super into horror. I've always been a fan, but never, like, sat down and watched all of the movies in a franchise like i've seen bits and pieces of the halloween and the friday 13th and the nightmare on elm streets but i never like watched them in their entireties so thanks to my lovely friends matt and reek who say i've never watched a movie in my entire life i decided <laughs> to finally do that and that kind of you know that that helped strengthen the bond between us three and just from getcho uh we kind of 
all realize that we do have a love of horror. So that kind of helped me grow closer to those guys because those, those are, that's fam right there. That's, that's close. That's close friends. That's my, oh, that's, yeah. the, that's the core four as we have deemed ourselves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, Justin from Get Show is, is a character. We like having him on the show and he's very entertaining. You know, yes, uh, we've had Matt Ritter on the show before. I don't, we've never had Vincent on our show yet. We'll have to make that arrangement. Yeah, Vince, Matt Ritter's Vince. popped on a few fallouts, but I don't think we've never had Vince Delgado on a prediction show or a fallout or any other live stream we've hosted. I think he's the only one we've never got yet. Well, it, he, you just got to hit him up. He, he's a busy man, but he usually has time. Oh, yeah. Jump scares don't get you, do you? Like, when they happen, you just, like, laugh, or do you actually jump to? The majority of the times, I can, like, kind of sense when they're gonna happen uh <laughs> there's one i don't even remember it was in evil dead rises it did get me though and i felt myself jump and i was like damn it i can't believe it got me i don't remember when it was i think it was towards the end of the movie but it like it was just like a certain just sound and it just caught me off guard and i was like fuck i jumped and i was like damn it nine times out of ten if i'm watching like a horror trailer on television at home or if i'm in the movie theater if i know it's fixing to come usually nine times out of ten i'm like this the whole time like if they're coming after me <laughs> like i'm just waiting to see what the image is it ain't the sound that's gonna get me it's the image understandable i'm a little bit of both like like on evil dead rise the scene where the girl's looking through the uh the door hole the keyhole and she sees her mom looking like a zombie and i'm like that's the whole time i'm like when she's going to stick her arm through that door or something or bite her or whatever. I'm like waiting for that. Like she's coming to bite me. Yeah. When they did the trailer for that, they, they really knew what they were doing. I mean, and those are some of the most iconic scenes in the movie. Like the people like, ugh, there's, there's so much that happens through that people. When people watch it, they're going to be like, holy shit. And like the camera work is so good. I, I can't wait to talk about it later tonight with them. But it's, yeah, jump scares get me sometimes, here and there. Uh, do you have a favorite slasher icon? <sighs> Your Fred, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Ghostface, Chucky, um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so, the Pins Head. Uh, there's a lot. I think I have to go Ghostface, just because there have been so many... And Scream also came out the Euros boards like 1996. I have a little bit of a love for Scream. But Ghost... I just like the idea that Ghostface can be anybody. And has been a lot of different people. And, I don't know, Ghostface is kind of cool to me. The The voice, the, the kills are cool. Sometimes there's a little bit of, like, clumsiness to Ghostface. I don't know, it just seems more more human i guess so it kind of kind of draws me in when i first saw him as a kid you know i thought it was creepy but it never really scared me but once i saw a scary movie for the first time i said this dude is hilarious i'm never then i was him for halloween but i used to have to always correct people when i would be ghost i was the member of the bloody ghost face where you had the little heart you push it and the fake blood goes down the mask yeah everybody's when I'd walk down the street, they're like, look, it's Scream. No, it's not his name. It's the name of the movie. I'm, it's Ghostface. <laughs> like, I used to hate when they would say Scream is his name when it's not. It's Ghostface. Uh, yeah, and my brother actually had that costume, I remember, when we were little. So I never wore it, but he did. 
Oh, I'm out. It was either what ninety nine or two thousand. They that costume came out. I wore it probably one of them two years. I don't really have a. I mean, I'm probably either stuck between Freddy or Michael Myers because like I really enjoyed the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and of course all the Halloween movies. Even though everyone bashed the last Halloween movie they came out, <laughs> which they they kind of fucked that trilogy up. I think Matt and I talked about that in a mess in a chat. We like. I wanted to really know more about the history. Then he sent me two links. Like he did an episode like a long time ago about the history, the Halloween series. And then he sent me like another YouTube link. I don't know if he was a guest on a show. I remember watching both of those. And then I understood the story a lot more because they, they sure fucked it up whenever they made like four five and six, like they changed the whole script and they used different they used they, Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't in the movie anymore and then they wanted to say oh it was his niece and whatnot so like uh, I got a damn good history lesson on Halloween thanks to your buddy Matt uh Matt Ritter the, the warden sensation or what, what's his nickname now on smacking it raw uh, again we all have so many it I I don't even know anymore uh yeah there was a time when I think we've done it twice where Matt, Reek, and I sat down and did the Halloween franchise. Yeah, I think we did it twice. Because the first time, I was kind of just there with the two of them, and they broke everything down, because at the time I hadn't seen all of the Halloween movies. But then, after I watched them all, then we came back to it, and I was like, okay, I can actually be involved in this conversation, and we dove a little deeper into it. We've done that with Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Oh, God. We did it with Chucky, Sex Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead. We've done it with a lot of the classic horror franchises. There's there's so much we've done. There's so much Matt still wants to do. We just love it. It's another... It's not po- It's not wrestling related, so we get to have a separate on, little fun it's time. It's on the entertainment it. side. Yeah, it's on the entertainment side. I mean, we've... We've tried to go down that path. We just never really did that yet. We wanted to, like, not really... I mean, maybe do a couple of reviews on movies. Like, we did do a review on the Dahmer series on Netflix that got so much attention. And we were like, maybe we can try it again. There were other series we've watched we wanted to try out. We've never done them yet. I did one movie review that people did like, but then there were some people that we're so pissed we did it and said we were copycats and so we kind of just never did any more movie reviews but nowadays you guys are doing there's a lot of people that do movie reviews but never got bashed for it we just never tried it again i mean uh, well so like in this case we've never done it on like on like our wrestling channels uh matt created getting off and then reek had the havoc hour which we took from sports and made it horror at one point. So we kind of just, like, created our own... Well, not we. They created their own things, and I kind of just said, hey, I'm here too, I like things, and I joined. And they have, they're have they stuck with me now. They have no say in this. That's why I'd say, like, if I were ever wanted to do a movie review on something, I'm going to actually do it on my own channel, my personal channel, and not on World Elite's channel. Unless if they wanted to, like, participate then they would want to host it on there. So, I mean, maybe one day we might do some movie reviews because there were some we wanted to talk about. We actually had one lined up, but 
again, with technical issues and, you know, all different stuff like that. Plus, uh, I got a phone call in the middle of a recording about one of my good friends passed away and then it just ruined my mood. Cause like I went from talking loud and clearly recapping, uh, Christmas vacation. And then like my mood just went low mm -hmm. and I was just, they knew something was wrong. And like the way I was talking towards the end. And then when we went off the air, I ended up telling them what happened. Like I got a phone call about a buddy of mine who killed himself. And then they were like, Oh shit. They're like, well, we're going to cancel this anyway. It didn't sound good at the end. Like it, it was sounding so good until I paused my meet him and Mike and I was on the phone and they, they were talking and it just like killed the whole episode. So they were like, we're not going to do it. We're not going to drop it. Maybe we'll try again next year. But other than that, we're not releasing it. So yeah, yeah that was a big letdown. Well, like you said, you guys can always go back to it and try it a different way. If it if it's meant to be, it'll be. I'll say that. Yeah, because it was, it was a movie review Dylan wanted to do because it was his favorite Christmas movie of all time. He watched it's like a Christmas tradition he does. Like they watch it every Christmas Eve with his family. And I was like, you know, I love the Griswolds. I love Christmas Vacation. I said I would definitely do a movie review on this. And we we tried it. it. It a phone call ruined it all and ruined my mood. But we might try it again this upcoming Christmas. Yeah, I think you guys well, should. I think we should. Yeah. And when he listens to this, he'll when he listens to this, he's gonna message me and be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do it in a few. We're gonna do it around the holidays." You never know with Dylan. I think that's about all I could come up with. <laughs> that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, I just want to say thank you again for joining me. Uh, you got to tell the people where they can find you, find World Elite Pod, all of that fun stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you again for having me on. Uh, I'm on Twitter at MarcusSleep337. The podcast is on Twitter at World Elite Pod. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're on YouTube. Subscribe to us there. We're also on Twitch. You can subscribe to us there, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Any, any audio platform from Spotify, Google Pod, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, anywhere. Like, any place you listen to podcasting, we're everywhere. You can subscribe to us anywhere. Our videos, you can watch anytime on demand from StreamYard on either our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. And, we again, we also do live streams every, once a week, every Thursday. So we do topics there like topics in the real world like with something from raw or smackdown like like when we're watching something we'll just go to each other and be like i found my first topic i'm gonna talk about this segment that happened on raw or or this segment on smackdown or that that's how that, that's how that was dylan's idea coming up with the weekly live stream because a lot of people's been doing that too and that just made our show even more tuning in yeah I, I highly recommend everyone watching or listening. Check out Word Elite Pod. They're great guys over there. They do great work, like I said. Um, when this drops this this week, uh, keep an eye out for their My Kyoto Pod they do. It's going to be great. Uh, and, of course, you know you can follow me on Twitter at KatieRasson13. Link to him about to get all things She Elite Showcase. Twitch.tv slash She Showcase. Typically Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash She Elite Showcase. Watch the videos because they're way more entertaining. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts if you want to listen. She Elite Showcase is the brand and the weekly show inside the mind of 
what you're currently watching and listening to, the interview series I do. You can check out all the past ones on the channel. And that's basically it. Uh, again, thank you so much, Marcus, for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you again. This was fun. I had a blast. And thank you guys so much for watching and listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank y'all.